0: What's up, guys? This is Nick from P 2 w Fantasy. I uh, got uh, two special guests on tonight going live here, actually, on Twitter. So hopefully we can uh, get some live viewers. If not, everybody can catch it later. But, um, yeah, I got two heavy hitters uh, on the episode tonight that I'm excited about. I've actually been um, in collaborations with both of these guys before, so I, I respect both. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, I'll go one by one here, um, just to avoid the awkward crossover, but I got Chris Robin uh, at Detroit Beastie. Uh, Chris has That's been me. on the podcast before. He's also contributed to articles for P2W, so I'm always happy to have Chris on. He's probably the most known uh, Twitter fantasy guy in the community, in my opinion, just because I see him linking up with everybody all the time. So, uh, Chris, how are you tonight, man?
1: Well, thank you, Uh I guess the best way to describe it is I I should have brought you flowers for the introduction. I mean, oh, yeah. come on. Uh, Yeah, I'm Chris. I'm from Detroit wearing the Red Wings hat, and uh, I like to talk fantasy sports any kind, DFS, Dynasty, IDP. Uh, my big MO is to let's help, love, and support everybody we can, especially in this uh, community, because if you guys haven't noticed, everybody and their mother has a fantasy Twitter or something on Facebook, so everyone wants their opinion heard so let's try and uh, help people out within reason i think steve right oh definitely man. yeah yeah i
0: respect that a lot and i uh will note you know chris does a ton of work with his uh, articles and info with everything and he's also affiliated with dfs cheat sheet um i think you are maybe the face of that because uh, i always see them pretty much promoting everything you you do all the time um also here today i got steve catalano uh, Steve, I hopped on his podcast before. I've also had Steve contribute to some of my articles. Uh, Steve is with Climb the Pocket, and uh, happy to have him on as well. Steve, how's it going, man?
2: I mean, it's going great, man. Nick, uh, ever since you've been in the Twitter game and whatnot, I've seen you and you've grown a lot. And honestly, I love the work you do. And uh, like Chris said, I just uh, I'm a part of like just growing the community and whatnot. Obviously, you know, it's saturated and whatnot, but that's why we like to share everyone's opinion because there's never too many opinions when it comes to especially fantasy football you want to get every sort of uh you know side of every single player and whatnot it helps to get a lot of perspective for everyone so i'm glad to be a part of that like uh, he mentioned with climb the pocket so got a good youtube page over there if you go over and subscribe we really appreciate it but uh we're definitely growing and whatnot and uh
0: definitely happy to be here absolutely so um we'll just get to the uh the topic of the night so we all love to have our own hot take, and I think every time you open up uh, Twitter or whatever social media, I think some of the first things you see sometimes is somebody coming out and saying, this player is going to do this this season, and you know, getting a lot of comments on it. And uh, I think it's part of daily Twitter talk and fantasy talk, and I respect it because you're kind of putting your name attached to uh, some of these hot takes. But what I thought we could do tonight is uh, discuss some of the ones that have um, popped up on, on my timeline due to uh, them commenting on the thread that I had uh, of, you know, what is your hot take? So um just going to list off a bunch that I thought were pretty good. There was probably like 20 to 30 of them. So we just narrowed it down to 10. But uh, the big thing us three are going to do is uh, I'll read it and you are going to tell me if you are going to buy it or fade it. And just to um, clarify what we mean by that, uh, buy it means you can, you can buy into the thought. Maybe it's not 100% what you think, but you can actually buy into the thought and uh, see it actually being a possibility. Or if you fade it, we're obviously not disrespecting other people's um, hot takes, but it's just something that you don't really see that likely to happen in 2020. So just to clarify what we mean by that, we'll kick it off with the first one. let go. Darius um, guys might have been the hottest name on, on Twitter the last like week or so, in my opinion, what I've seen, but I have two different takes right now, so we're going to kind of differentiate what we actually think about it. So, uh, the first one I have is, Geis doesn't finish as a top 50 running back, and that's at five wide football. My boy uh, Dan said that. On the flip side, though, uh, at Bois 22 said, Geis is a top 12 running back. So, we got two different sides of the spectrum here i guess this will be one of the only ones that's which side do you more lean on so let's uh let's go with chris first then steve and now cap us off but chris what's,
1: what's your uh what's your view are you buying tell me what you're buying with guys i guess well so here's the thing real quick you see top 50 or top 12. that's one extreme or the other and it yeah. leaves a lot of gray area in between and I've made no uh no bones about my not my dislike for Darius Geis, just fading him altogether in all formats. So I'm going to very much sell this. And I think uh the more likely of the two that's gonna happen is he falls outside of the top 50 this season. I mean, come on, what kind of question is this? The guy has has yet to play a full season, right? His ADP is sitting at like 70, 71-ish, right? So I'm not expecting much from him this season. And again, I I want everybody to be successful. I want people to succeed, do well, be happy. Um, If he does well, I'll be the first person to say I was wrong. But until then, I'm going to tell you that I'm fading Darius Geis in all formats until proven otherwise, right?
0: Okay, so so Chris is a big fade on the, the Darius Geis hype. Steve, what says you?
2: Yeah, I'm with Chris on the the large gap between RB50 and RB12. I don't know if I can quit, uh, quite commit to RB12. Yeah. Just, just on the injuries alone, like, like you mentioned, sports injury predictor gives him a 60% chance of injuring, you know, any part of his body again. He's had knee, uh, knee injuries, you know, his whole career, missed Mm -hmm. his rookie season, only played five games last season. Just, you know, every time he thought he'd come back, he came back and then he left. You know, he's had one good game over 100 yards, a couple TDs, which is great, but we've seen a lot of, not so great running backs have great games. Uh I don't think that means too much. So for to me to commit to a guy uh, that has such a big injury history and say that he's going to be a top 12 running back. I mean, that'd be great. Everyone we've seen pictures. We've seen the pictures on Twitter. He's got huge quads, huge hamstrings. Like he, he's the prototypical <laughs> running back in the NFL and he should be able to do a lot, but if you can't stay on the field, you can't be a top 12 running back. And I think it's more likely that he misses games. And when you miss games, you can't be a top 12 running back. So I'll go the ladder and go RB
0: 50 or less. Okay. All right. So you guys are pretty close on that. I'm going to stay on the same train as you guys, just because of the same sort of things you guys touched on, but 42 career attempts hasn't been you know, able to stay on the field. We saw the, I think there was two different, um, medias of him one was a video one was a picture and everyone's like man this guy looks looks healthy looks like he's in good shape because he historically has not been in great shape uh, as comments from other people would say but i think fantasy pro as i wrote down had him going uh 32 for the position in in 2020 and they had guys like jordan howard philip Lindsay, sony michelle going after him and i i my counter for that is we've actually actually seen these guys perform at the nfl level we really haven't with guys. And also, I'd like to add, if the Redskins are a team that struggles, like I actually, I don't know know if I can say the Redskins, if Washington Washington is a team that struggles again like they did last year, I don't know if it favors the running back that doesn't catch out of the backfield. I think with them probably chasing a lot of games, I think guys like potentially Antonio Gibson or Bryce Love or someone else who's going to be more of the pass catching back on a team that might have to throw a lot, is going to be more successful. So I think for you to be a top 12 guy, I think your volume's got to be good, you have to stay healthy like we said, and I think you got to be kind of the all-around back and I I don't really see him being that. So I'm I'm more towards the the 50 than the 12 side and I'm also going past the 32. I think he's leaning a little bit beyond that uh as well. So um any other comments guys on
1: on guys for 2020? No, if if you noticed his uh his hamstrings had their own bicep. So. I, I'll just
2: say that uh, the only format I maybe buy him in is like a best ball league, and that's if he kind of slips to me just because in best ball I tend to take more shots on players that could blow up or might have a couple good weeks. And and maybe he'll maybe I'll see that with guys. Maybe maybe he'll be injured and maybe he'll come back and he'll have a blow-up game over 100 yards in a TD and then i will go back down and you know, yeah. if I get him at the right price. That's probably the only format I'll, I'll get him in. But in my season-long leagues, I don't really want to take the risk.
0: Anthony from P2W doesn't like it. He's a guy's owner. His comment popped up, just saying, "Wow!" So I have to hide that for now. But, uh, really I mean, but
1: but I mean, I, I'm not I'm not trying to be a jerk or rude, but what what in God's name makes you think this guy is going to be a top top twelve running back?
2: He's, he's done absolutely
1: he's done absolutely nothing. And like you said, Steve, and to be honest, I've never I didn't even know that injury predictor site was even in existence. Oh, yeah. And you, you oh, just said yeah. that, that it was over what a 60% chance. 60% chance. He, he hurts himself again. I, and, and again, God forbid that I want to see all these guys be happy and healthy and productive. But in this case, I'm, I could just cannot stamp this or vouch for anything when we've clearly haven't seen him do anything. So there, to me, it's one of those questions where it's it's one or the other. And the it, there's only one clear right answer here because he doesn't have anything any we could use to back it up. I mean, it, it's yeah. simple as that. I'm not trying to be a an a-hole, but it's just it, it's not. Him,
2: everyone wants him to be good. But yeah. yeah, he just has had a history going back to college and high school and everything of injuries, stack it up. And that doesn't bode well for someone in the NFL. Such a gruesome game. In the league where everyone's extremely physical, it just doesn't vote out, you know, well. So yeah, taking the ladder. I don't try. I don't, he's not an RB twelve unless he plays fourteen games at least.
0: It looks like Thor, <clears throat> Thor from P two W, is also in agreement with Anthony. So I might have just lost the house with the P two W guys. So
2: hey, <clears <clears <throat> <We> might
0: <throat> have to be a meeting afterwards. But we'll we'll, uh, we'll hide that comment too. Uh, <laughs> let's let's go to another running back for our second question here. Um, Chicago Bears fan myself. Um, Let's talk David Montgomery. Uh, This is from the Dynasty Dweebs, uh, my guys from from Baltimore. Uh, Good guys over there. Uh, I believe it was Austin that said, David Montgomery will finish as a top 10 running back. Um, We'll just assume across formats. Maybe it's PPR. We talk a lot of PPR on the show. But uh, David Montgomery, Um, Steve, we'll, we'll have you start this one off. Are you buying it or are you fading it for top 10 running back 2020?
2: So I think you mentioned in the format earlier that I'm not 100% buying it, but I think I'm buying it more than I'm completely fading it. Uh, He's obviously a hot name this off season, a value running back you can get outside of the top 10 RBs Definitely. Um, And he was RB 25 last year in his rookie season. And that's just outside an RB two in a 12 team league. So that's pretty solid for a rookie running back. Uh, You know, he had 60% of the share with his team. Obviously Tariq Cohen looms over the offense just wasn't great last year. You know, Put David Montgomery on the team in 2018, and maybe he would be a lot better because that offense was pretty good in 2018. So, obviously, the Bears hope to bounce back. Um, How optimistic I am on that team bouncing back offensively, I don't know. I like the weapons they have. The quarterback is obviously a question. Uh, But the good thing is David Montgomery is their goal line guy, sees all the goal line carries, and he had more than plenty last year. And he only converted on six of them. So, I think he can get in the end zone more, get closer to that 10 touchdown mark. And I think overall, just being in the league for another year, I think he can get better, um, you know, and obviously improve the, you know, the yardage and whatnot, uh, the efficiency. His efficiency wasn't too great. Uh, Just the team itself, if they get a little better, I think Dave Montgomery goes right with them. And I think that could lead him to a, you know, high-end RB2, possibly RB1 season. So I'll say that I I could buy RB10.
0: Okay. And uh, quick quick comment from Twitter here. Uh, MacAttack5005 says, Big note of that. Just a pounder who will never catch with Cohen on that team. But uh, quick comment there, uh, Steve. Steve's buying into it to a degree, like he said, and and uh, explain there, Chris. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, let me let me start this off with a question. And anybody that's watching live or will watch this, feel free to answer us back now or later on. If I gave you guys statistics where I said uh, this running back is going to finish with. Probably 1,100, 1,200 yards, uh, all all purpose yards, and about seven total touchdowns. Would that make that running back a top 10 guy? Most of the time, most answers would be no. And that's what I have for David Montgomery's projections this year. Uh, I won't get into specifics, just give you vague things. Like I said, about 1,100 yards, seven total touchdowns. Two, maybe three receiving touchdowns, and the rest will be uh rushing touchdowns, let's say. So, given that fact, I'm going to fade this. Mind you, I'm I'm a big David Montgomery fan as a Detroit Lions fan, as an NFC North guy. Uh, I get to see them play Chicago twice a year, one home, one away. I'm a fan of what he can do. I also like Tariq Cohen. I know this isn't about him, but we've we've mentioned him a few times already. But I've said this several times on other podcasts, on radio shows, even in my writing. Miles Sanders and David Montgomery came into the league last year, and they were supposed to be phenomenal, right? And it just seemed like Chicago didn't know what to do with David Montgomery last season until later in the year. So when you're looking at it, you might say, "Well, Chris, how how can you say he, they didn't know how to use him? He had four, or excuse me, 242 uh, total rushing attempts." Yes, but I feel like that's going to be scaled back this year. I know it doesn't make sense. A rookie gets two hundred and forty two carries, so sky's the limit guy's gonna be we're gonna all be over the moon for him, you know and draft him where we should be again. I like David Montgomery, not a top ten guy. I could see. I could argue top fifteen and uh even then, I'd be a little bit apprehensive with this, so I'm gonna fade this one guys
0: yeah i uh I think I'm more towards the 15 to 20 range than I am the 10 to 15 range. I think he, I think he does improve. Let's say hypothetically that there's a change in in quarterback and let's say he's healthy and moving forward, their offense operates, you know, significantly better and more efficient than they did. I think that gives him maybe more opportunities in the red zone. Like you're saying, Chris, with some uh, touchdown ceiling uh, increase, but I think so often in fantasy, we talk about how, like, Nick Chubb's got a ceiling because of Kareem Hunt. You know, Kareem Hunt takes away the pass catching from uh, Nick Chubb and, and what he could be. And I don't think it's it's talked about enough with uh, David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Um, David Montgomery in college, Iowa State, was a good pass catching back. Uh, he's, he's not utilized um, as much as he should be with, with that part of the game. Is, is Tariq Cohen good at that, And and does he excel with that? Sure, but I think that caps what we actually can get from David Montgomery. And, you know, as as a Bears fan and and a fantasy uh, owner, I don't have Montgomery, but I think that's what makes me shy away from him a little bit just because he's good at something that he's not really used in uh, enough. And looking at this past season, you said 242, Chris, for attempts. He was 13th in rushing attempts with only a 3-7 average. So is that all on him? Is that part of a little bit uh, the offensive line being – Pretty poor at times. I'm not sure, but I think I think he progresses because I think the offense moves forward with with maybe a new quarterback and maybe year two of understanding people's roles on the team. But I just I can't put him in the top ten range just because of the ceiling that I think he has and because of not really having great flashes last year. He might have had a few good games that were good for fantasy owners, but I don't think it was consistent at all. So I'm actually gonna fade it is well, but not, not faded to where I think he's worse than last year. So um, yeah. Uh, any, any last comments with, uh, with Dave Montgomery? It's kind of tough to talk about a Bears player with uh, some buddies watching this, but
2: I most certainly do not think Dave Montgomery is going to be an RB 10. I'm just saying I could possibly by the fact. Yeah, uh, you're right. though. their offensive line is pretty crummy and Tariq Cohen is there, but I just think what the Bears did last year with Nagy and the run game, on how he just completely mismanaged the whole offense. I just think there's no way they don't change it. And just because he had 242 attempts doesn't mean he can't have that again, if not more. I, I think they have to run the ball more, watch plenty of Bears games, and they just didn't run the ball in the right situations and whatnot. So I like the the thought of that possibility, you know, happening more than I'm just going to fade him and say no way he's 10 because I yeah. didn't get there. I mean, there's always guys that finish RB10. You're like, wow, that guy finished RB10? So, like, I, I could totally see it.
1: Real quick, you got. It's nothing against David Montgomery and the Bears. I would love to have David Montgomery on my team as my real life starting running back, but there's just no way. Look, I mean, I'm not going to bore you guys with the list of the other running backs that are in the top ten: CMC, Saquon, Zeke, Alvin Cook, Henry, Jacobs. Great, right. it goes David on and on. a lot worse. <laughs> it just goes on and on. Yeah. Eckler, yeah. Sanders, Mixon. I mean, true.
0: Yeah. All right. Well uh let's looks like we're gonna stay in the NFC North um on this next one. And uh we're gonna go with a wide receiver. This is from at the Dynasty Ten Ten. He says Lazard inside the top thirty wide receivers in uh in twenty twenty. And I know Steve, Steve would like that as a as a Packers fan. We got what Bears, Packers, and, and uh Detroit on the same live stream here. You know, that was not planned at all, but uh yeah. In, interesting enough, I'll I'll lead the way on this one for for uh, Al Lazard. I'm a big truther for his. Uh, I think just reading up. Obviously, everything's always like analyst reports and coach talk when it comes to off-field relationships. But the things that have been said with uh, Aaron Rodgers um, having a good relationship with him and saying that he respects um, him, getting after it. They sit next to each other in the film room. That's been said before. Uh, different quotes by Rodgers. I buy into stuff like that because I think translates to the regular field. Um, looking at this past season, Lazard, week six, he was wide receiver 16. So th- these these uh, finishes could depend on your league, but this is what I got for fantasy pros. Week six, wide receiver 16. Week 13, he was wide receiver 12. And then week 17, wide receiver 19. So only three weeks there, but we saw three different flashes of inside the top 20 finishes for, um, for him. So I think if he does get that secondary volume uh, behind Devonte Adams um, and he does continue to build his relationship on the field with Aaron Rodgers. Could he finish wide receiver 29? So this says wide receiver 30. Could he be wide receiver 29? I think absolutely. Um, especially when we've seen him do it maybe only three times, but he does have the capability to have some, some big weeks. So as long as that is on a consistent basis, maybe it's not wide receiver 29, 30, maybe it's closer to the wide receiver 20 to 25 mark. So, I'm a believer in him. Um, I've invested in him, so I'm crossing my fingers. But uh, I'm, I'm buying this one, guys. Um, Steve, we'll go. We'll go with you on this one. Then we'll go with Chris. Uh, what do you think, Steve?
2: I mean, as you could see earlier, I want this to happen so bad. Um, just desperate for the Packers to have another receiving option. Never, you know, since we had Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb out there as a good duo, we haven't had anything like it. And you, you touched on it earlier that their off the field relationship has been publicly known. That it's growing and whatnot. We obviously saw Alan Mazar get more work uh, later on in the year. His snap percentage went up and whatnot, started to get targeted a lot more in the last couple games of the season, which is great because Aaron Rodgers is a guy that targets his guys. He throws the ball to the guys that he can trust. And unfortunately, he doesn't really give a lot of other guys chances because that's just the way he operates. And the team hasn't really done a lot for him by giving him a, a huge, you know, um, I guess – what would you say, dependable receiving cast around him and whatnot. Aaron Jones has been involved in the offense a lot. Obviously, Devontae's out there. Uh, there's a clear opening for a third guy. Um, and people have talked about Jay Sternberger at tight end coming in, Alan Nazar. We tried the whole MBS Geronimo last year. Didn't work out. And the fact that it didn't work out last year for those guys is why I'm fading Alan Nazar as a top 30 receiver this year. As much as I really want it to happen, I just don't really see the offense changing too much trying to feature a second wide receiver as like a main target. I think they would rather shift their game to the ground game, drafting a guy like A.J. Dillon pretty high in the draft to go along with Aaron Jones. Obviously Matt LaFleur comes from a team with Derrick Henry a few years ago. They, I feel like not that he wants A.J. Dillon to be Derrick Henry, but I think that he would rather run a good ground game attack. And I don't think featuring uh, another top, 24 wide receiver in fantasy is really to go to not saying it can't happen i just think that he's more around like a 35 to 40 receiver which would still be pretty good in fantasy and pretty good for the green bay offense but i don't, I don't really see him cracking the top 30
0: and uh real quick we got uh ryan for bootleg fantasy steve talking packers wide receiver is uh is his happy place so
2: it, it would be if i wasn't talking him down i think we have <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think he said that before. I'm also rocking the, the, the Sixers jersey. Shout, uh, shout out to Philly with that. Um, Chris, wh- what do you think? So uh, you're going to be the decision maker here between
1: us three. This is one of the most ridiculous questions I think I've ever been asked
0: on <laughs> any show.
1: Alan Lazard, top 30 wide receiver. Abs- absolutely no way. Not close. So you're you're saying a guy who's going to catch 40 passes for 500 yards? This coming season is going to be top, top 30. I mean, I, I, that's, that's all I got to say. Really. If you look at his ADP, what is it? uh, 167, 170. Some leagues, he's not even being drafted. And I know the argument guys, you know, can go from undrafted in fantasy mind you to, you know, being producive. Producing, it's not happening here. If you look at mock drafts or fantasy football calculator, you have flipping kickers and DSTs Man. going before this guy. He is Man. not Man. going to be a top thirty wide receiver. And
0: listen,
1: and listen I, I know, I know a lot of you guys. We've had a lot of interactions. I've done a lot of writing. I'm not normally like aggressive or like that, like a like an ESPN show where where the two sports guys are always fighting with yeah. each other and trying to be like insane with each other but for some reason tonight it's just getting me getting me right in the right in the chest there's no way i like the side. i like this side of you
0: though chris i like
1: it i like the fierceness yeah, i mean
2: I, I like it too it's i like i mentioned earlier i think alan lazard is kind of just another name like mvs or geronimo that we want it to happen we want another number two in green bay and I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think Alan Lazard probably has the best chance out of those three guys I just listed. But I, I still don't think it's going to
0: happen. Blue, Blue Lake Fantasy says the Detroit is showing.
2: Yeah, is Bring
1: the gloves, man. Come on. Does he even know what that means?
0: I, I, hey, I'm just. Re- I, I'm the messenger. I'm the messenger. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Ho- hopefully, ho- I'm gonna let Chris go first in this next one because I want to be careful with, with, with my my uh, my answer. But but. Number five, so we're ha- uh, halfway through with this one. This is from at Jordan Halls. He says, Michael Pittman Jr. ends the year as the top rookie wide receiver. So, rookie wide receiver, number one, Michael Pittman. Chris, yes or no?
1: No, but like, like when you're in court, you say No you get a speeding ticket and you, you have to plead guilty or not guilty. And if you plead guilty, it's with an explanation, right? So I'm going to say Michael Pittman, no, but with an explanation, I like what this kid can do. I really enjoy his talent. I, it's a, it's a kid that I've recently, I don't want to say discovered, but I've, I've been getting into, you know, what he did in college and like uh, combine numbers and everything. But we all know the two of you All three of us here, let's say, and everybody that's watching, this was a very deep offensive draft class as far as running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, linebackers, even into the defensive side. So when you really look into it, Michael Pittman is good, but I just don't think he's number one rookie, wide receiver, number one overall good. Uh, Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Ruggs, Jefferson, Higgs. Even Mims in New York. I'm not saying that Mims or or Higgins or Jefferson in Minnesota can finish. Will finish in that top number one overall spot. There's just a lot more talent, and that talent is in better situations on their professional teams. Again, I I don't know what's wrong with me where I always have to preface it by saying. Uh, I wish these guys the best because I, I don't want to catch heat or people say I'm hating or I'm a jerk. But I love what Pittman can do. I, I pulled a rookie autographed card of his recently, so uh, he's one of my favorite rookie wide receivers. I just don't see it happening.
0: All right, and I'll make one quick side note. You don't have to do any explanation for it. We'll we'll have Steve do the same. Just spit out your wide receiver rookie number one. One guy.
1: Me. I'm going uh, Jerry Judy in Denver, close okay. second. I'll go Judy in Denver, Higgins in Cincinnati, Mims in the, in New York for the Jets. One, two, three. All right, all right, fair enough. Steve, Steve, what do you got on this one? Uh, This
2: is tough. I'm not really too big on rookies, but my favorite guys. I'd go with Rugs and then Rieger, and then I do like Michael Pittman as my number three. Just because, and I'll just kind of fade it. I'll fade into the Michael Pittman description. Um, I'm not like super high on any of these rookies, really. They all landed in interesting situations where they obviously all have question marks around them. Yeah. Uh, but when you watch Michael Pittman's game tape and, and put him in the situation he is in with Phillip Rivers in Indy, um, maybe he can be his kind of jump ball guy like Keenan Allen was. Uh, Well, I guess maybe downfield threat is Mike Williams, but Keenan Allen, a guy that can win the possessions and whatnot. Maybe, maybe Pittman can be that kind of guy for him and T.Y. would be the guy that kind of takes off the you know, takes the top off the defense you know if we're kind of filling roles here uh so i think he he's granted a good quarterback overall a guy that's arguably you know one of the better quarterbacks i'm not going to say of all time but you know since i've been watching football phil Rivers has always been a quality quarterback and he he lands on the colts with a good old line going to be plenty of time for them to you know create space and get open to catch passes from rivers uh so i like pitman with the upside I just like some of these other guys better. The talent alone, with with Judy and Lamb, and and I even like Ruggs a lot more. I'm growing on him a lot, even in that uh, Oakland or Las Vegas off offense. Um, I don't see Pittman being as the top guy though.
0: So yeah, Blueleg Fantasy said you've done well with Rieger at two, Steve. That's what we wanted. Yeah, I did that for him. And uh, <laughs> shout out the degenerate uh, one uh, logging on here too. So I i like Pittman as my if this were to happen down the list like we're making i got him as number three for rookies uh if i had to rank them um for 2020 specifically um i would go terry judy number one he was my uh wide receiver one before the draft um and number two i'd go with justin jefferson just because of the amount of vacated targets that could be up in the air for the tight ends or jefferson can come in and snag a lot of those so I think I go Judy Jefferson and then Pittman. Uh, the reason for Pittman is I think he has the opportunity to step right into volume. I don't think a guy like Paris Campbell is going to um, be unbeatable for the wide receiver two on on that team. Also looking at Pittman, the dude's 6'4", 223. And on his combine notes, I've seen in more than one note that he's a big goal line weapon. So speaking specifically in a fantasy, people um, fantasy points. So if he becomes a good red zone target for a you know quarterback that's been very good in the league and he's a very good vet uh could he sneak into that wide receiver rookie one i'm not going to say yes but i don't think it's not a possibility um because if he's got the volume and if he has the opportunity to snag some touchdowns on a weekly or other weekly basis who knows um so i think Pittman for me number three uh there beauty one and Jefferson's my, my two guy but uh i do think Pittman's gonna be very good there's guys that are going to be, you know, in the right spot this year. Like we talked about Rugs already. He could easily be the wide receiver one on the team. Um, you look at Denzel Mins, like Chris said, uh, could he push out a guy like Perryman, uh, Perryman and take away from Crowder? Absolutely. We just have to see how these offenses uh, operate. So, um, yeah, I, I like Pittman um lots. I'm not going to say number one. So any comments any, uh, further on this one, guys?
1: Yeah, real quick. They're just, when you look at other guys like uh, Rieger and Philly or Jefferson and Minnesota, they're already their team's number two wide receiver, basically. Thielen and Jefferson in Minnesota. Rieger, who's the other receiver there? You got Ertz, who's a a tight end, but he's also a pretty damn good uh, wide receiver, let's say. But when you get to Indianapolis, as Steve said, I've loved watching Phil Rivers in his career. And we I think we can all agree that Rivers is going to wind up throwing at least minimally 500. He's going to have 500 attempts this year. The only thing that I dislike is there's still a lot of moving parts there. And I will never, I hate the saying, too many mouths to feed. I just, I don't know. I just don't like it. I There's just too many moving parts, let's say. As you said, Nick Paris Campbell, eh, but he's still there. Yeah. A, he's a moving part. Jack Doyle is there, right? And then you got the rookie running back, Taylor, that they're probably going to want to feed and maybe uh display, give him like a prominent role. Marlon Mack is still there. Naeem Hines, their coaches said he's he's gonna take some passing down work. So uh Pittman again is a damn good wide receiver. I love his long-term prospects here in the league. This year, as a rookie, number one, fading it.
0: Okay. Steve, anything else for this one or
1: I'm I'm with him on the I guess I'll just say
2: too many mouths to feed, but uh I think that that might be a offense that's hard to predict. And that's I'll just leave it at yeah. that as far as like who's going to go off each week, you know, Jonathan Taylor, the rookies in there, TY, we don't know what he can do with Phil Rivers. He's a guy that's battled injuries, you know, you have tight ends there, Jack Doyle, Trey Burton. It's like we don't know exactly what that offense's identity is yet and to, you know, to say Michael Pittman is their identity. It, you know, that's what it'll have to be for him to be a top rookie wide receiver, most likely. So, uh, I'm not going that way.
0: And, uh, Foolay fantasy said, Gotta watch out for me and Steve's boy, Jack of all trades, Doyle. So, yeah, uh, name drop.
2: just gave it to him.
0: All right. So, uh, let's move on to the next one here. Um, I think we have two Chiefs related questions in a row. For question 57. Um, so six here. Uh, this is from at D Mendy 02 said CEH, so Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, is a top seven running back in PPR 2020. So,
1: Chris, take it away with this one. Uh, I'm going to fade this one here. Uh, Again, we don't know. When it comes to, you know, betting on, writing about, talking about, giving opinions on rookies, it's all just a weird, mucky area, especially with it being, you know, July 13th. None of these people, n- nobody, in fact, has stepped on the field yet. We don't know how these position battles are going to shake out. We There's just a lot of we don't know, right? So to say Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be a top seven PPR back, it would be very negligent of me to say, yeah, he's going to do it. And, you know, start pulling out all the stops there again. Like I said, with the, with the Demont discussion in Chicago, I can rattle off about 10 to 15 other running backs that I, that are probably more than likely going to finish above Clyde Edwards Hilaire. So when you get into that top 10, even more uh, importantly, top 7 PPR running back range. I just can't do it. There's no way. I'm fading it. Not with McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke, Alvin, Jacobs, Mixon, Miles, Drake. It just, it, you know, you can even throw in guys like Bell or Gurley. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm gonna fade it again. Long-term prospects are amazing. A hey, rookie season, not there yet, kid.
0: All right. I'm I'm gonna hop in uh, as the two spot. I'll let Steve campus off here, but. I said this before, and I'll just kind of keep harping on it. I think people want Clyde Edwards Hilaire so bad to be Kareem, Hunt, Kareem Hunt's rookie year. And Kareem Hunt, 272 attempts, 1,327 yards, and 53 catches his rookie year. So he had a great rookie season. But the second most rushing attempt that year came from Alex Smith. So it kind of shows the competition that Kareem Hunt had his rookie year. Um, Damian Williams, third uh, in playoff yards, uh, second in playoff rushing touchdowns. So he balled out at the end of the season. He is not going to disappear, and he's going to have a role. And I think they're going to use him, um, even if the intent is, is not to keep him around long-term. I think if they're ahead in games, uh, who are you going to you know, give the rock to? Are you Are going to give it to your rookie and chance something um, later down the road when you're getting close to playoffs? Or are you going to give the rock to Damian Williams and let him just carry the load for games you might be carrying? uh and, and have a good good lead in so again he's not going to have the kareem hunt rookie season in my opinion i think he is going to be very good i think he is a phenomenal dynasty asset but i think he might slightly disappoint some people in 2020 based off of their expectations so i don't think he's going to flop i don't think he'll have a bad season but i think the, the expectation is he's like going to start off like like saquon's rookie year saquon was number 1 in rush, you know, rushing yards, and he was an absolute monster his rookie year. I just I just don't think it's going to be the case for Edwards-Hilaire with with Williams still going to be in the mix regardless of how you you see Damian. So, um I'm going to also fade this and I don't think it's going to be close to um PPR number 7 for running backs and if it is, I'll uh, I'll get back on here and apologize to uh to the CEH truthers about that. But uh Steve, Steve what do you, what do you think about this? Yeah, I'm about
2: to go on a rant. Yeah, the answer is no. Uh, He's not going to be a top seven Hmm. RB, even in PPR. Uh, Obviously, CEH is great. We saw him at LSU. That whole offense thrived, though. So, you know, everyone else needs to be boosted as well. Uh, CEH is just getting more hype than any other rookie running back I've seen in a long time. And I feel like that gets paired with, like, Patrick Mahomes and his greatness, Tyreek Hill and his greatness, and Travis Kelsey and his greatness, and the fact that the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year. Like, and the hype out of the draft, Patrick Mahomes wants Clyde. Like it's all just getting boosted so much. You will not find me taking CEH in the second round of a fantasy football draft. You won't because even in the year when Kareem Hunt, and you stole my thunder earlier with Kareem Hunt, I had these facts loaded up, you know,
0: (laughs) I had a uh, second for that.
2: Yeah. uh, Kareem Hunt, like dude, even his situation when he got drafted, when we drafted in fantasy football leagues, what in 2017, I I think I got him in the fourth round. And this was after Spencer Ware already got injured uh so he was basically going in as the only guy in town and he was the only guy in town no one to battle out damien williams is here the team has come out and said we want damien williams to be our guy and not our guy like officially our guy but like the guy who's going to start the season and he's not going anywhere i think clyde is good enough to maybe beat him out but you're talking second half of the season you might lose some games because he took ceh in the second round i don't know if it's going to be worth it um and that's how i feel just his adp is completely out of my range where i want him uh, maybe I'll start considering him in, in early round four if that's where I'm at because I do like CEH a lot. But I think there's too many question marks around him. I, obviously, he's very good, and Patrick Mahomes wanted him on the team. But that's a good offense. They're already going to spread the ball around a lot. You know they want Damien there. I guess the only good thing he has going for him is that Damien Williams is injury prone, and you know maybe Andy Reid wants someone that's a little more reliable. So maybe the first chance Damien, when he goes down, maybe it's CEH's job. But when's that going to happen? You know, are you willing to take a second – uh round selection chance on that uh the answer for me is no so uh, i'm not in on ceh's top seven i could see him being top 15 if a lot of things go right maybe top 12 if he's the starter like after week three or four uh but he's not cracking top seven like chris mentioned there's a lot of good running backs in the league right now and um he he might be one of those one day but i don't think this year is it
0: all right i'm gonna throw in two comments from our, our live stream uh this is from Upside City said Tom Brady will throw more touchdowns than Patrick Mahomes. Which, all right. And uh, number <laughs> <laughs> double, double move sports said Damian Steve Williams split carries with McCoy. LOL. Hey,
2: they're they're going to split carries there no matter what, and I don't think Ch having a, a game or two is going to kick Damian Williams to the curb. McCoy was obviously an Andy Reid guy, uh, and we saw later on in the year he kind of got faded out because obviously he was just too washed up, and Dam- Damian Williams took over, and that's what happened. So I don't think that's a good comparison. I think Damian Williams is decent. Uh, TH is probably better, but I don't think it's going to be right from the get-go like Kareem Hunt. I think a lot of people are having that vision, and, and that's that's just not, that's not what it is right away, at least.
0: We, we also have D- DFS dudes saying, hey, boys. Uh, part of this team, Chris. Anything else on, on this one?
1: No, I'm all set. It was uh, well said, Steve.
0: All right, let's. Uh, so this one's a little, little off the uh, the fantasy football train. It's more about real life football. But this one we'll probably fire off real quick. Um, let me make sure I have the right app to put it on the thread. Um, this is from Sports Data Man, at Sports Data Man. He said Chiefs will go undefeated in 2020. So not necessarily a, a fantasy football take. But let's just quick fire this one out. Um, Chris, Chiefs undefeated, any chance in that? Uh,
1: no, with an explanation real quick, if I may. Uh, <laughs> so not uh, not too long ago, probably a week to 10 days ago, I wrote a uh, 2020 fantasy stuffed uh, games article, right? And it would have been really easy for me to put Kansas City in there every week as I listed, you know, week by week. And I ha- I wrote three games down. I just highlighted them. Not going to get into some weird uh, in-depth explanation, but uh, week three, Kansas City is in Baltimore. Uh, week 14, Kansas City is in New Orleans. And then week 11, Kansas City is in Tampa Bay. Those are the three games I have uh, in my mind, uh, losing probably two of those three games. I'm going to say in Baltimore early on, and then week 11 in Tampa Bay, Mahomes, Brady, set your calendars, going to be fantastic. So no, they don't go undefeated. They lose two or three games. Steve, any chance?
2: No, they, they don't win. It's it's really, really hard to go 16-0 and in the NFL. And even last year, we saw some hiccups with the team. Their defense uh, fell apart at times, and even their offense. We, I mean, obviously, we saw them in the Super Bowl. They were down to the 49ers. They came back and win because that's what great quarterbacks do, and that's what Mahomes is. Um, but to put together a 16-0 season, uh, I could see it maybe happening in a few years for Mahomes. I obviously think he's very good, but it takes a lot to go 16-0. Uh, Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. He, you know, he did it. So um, it's, they're not there yet, so no.
0: Yeah, I uh... – I think I think the Chiefs defense has definitely improved and, 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 and upswing in that. Um, I don't know if it's there to be an undefeated team. I do wrote, wrote down some of the same things Chris said. Uh, Ravens was the team I wrote down. Um, I also wrote down the Bills, the Broncos, Bucks, and Saints. A couple of different games that I think might be up in the air, and I, I wouldn't count them out as losing those games. Um, some of those are a little bit more of a reach, but also like what Steve said, there was a few games last year where it might have been a high-scoring game that they lost or they barely won, but that kind of, you know, rose some uh, red flags for their defense just a little bit. But I think to go undefeated, um, do they have some cool guys at Yes, but I think it's just so much of a threat, especially with the talent. In, you know, in and some of these teams like the Bucks and the Bills making changes and having great pieces on both sides of the ball, even Broncos here. And you know, I, I'm a big believer in the Ravens too, so. I'm going to, I'm going to fade this one pretty, pretty easily for, for me. All right. Are, are we going with this one? On the next yep. one? Yep. Okay. Uh, this is number eight. Uh, Tyler Boyd will finish as a top 10 wide receiver in PPR formats. This is from uh, a Corbett. I think Casey Corbett um, on Twitter here. So Tyler Boyd, top 10 wide receiver PPR. Steve, believing in this at
2: all uh, i'm not going to go on a rant about this one but it's a it's a big no for me uh there's a lot of good receivers in the nfl we've seen tyler boyd you know pr- do pretty decent in the you know in the past uh couple of years with aj green been down and don't get me wrong i definitely think aj green is going to get injured again i don't want him to but no. that's where it's going no. I, I think it's going to happen i am not an aj green guy i, I learned many years ago to uh, avoid him and it's it's paid out for me the last couple of years definitely avoiding him in drafts and Tyler Boyd's probably gonna be the guy, but with the you know, the whole new offense there with Joe Burrow, the second year head coach and whatnot, I I like Tyler Boyd. I could see him being a more top 20 guy than I'm not gonna put him in as a top ten guy. I feel like
1: that's kind of a stretch. So I'm just gonna leave it at that. Chris is itching to say something, so not really. I just I I I love AJ Green. I mean the, oh, me too. it's <laughs> it's faded, it's faded over the years, but what can you do? I think this is gonna be his uh year. 31 season 30 if I'm not mistaken uh he's a good man I got no issue there but when it comes to Tyler Boyd being top 10 no fade that one but when I looked into this about an hour before we went live here boys it was he had a really good 2019 season I mean he caught 90 balls over a thousand yards I mean it was closer than I than I thought you know it's just my uh let's say my ignorance of not know, you know, you can't know everybody, right? You can't, can't be that big of a, of a weirdo where you have every player tuned into your head and the, in the gears turning. Uh No, he's not going to be a top 10 PPR wide receiver. Again, uh Boyd, John Ross, T Higgins is there now, AJ Green, Mixon. I know it's going to be Nasty for me to say this, but Gio Bernard is there doing something lurking around. So, no, he's not a top 10 uh, wide receiver, but I wouldn't mind him on my team as my wide receiver two is getting a little ambitious. But he's a stud wide receiver three, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Tyler Boyd. Um, I am not going to put him in my top 10. Uh, 2019 wide receiver 18. 2018 wide receiver 17 uh, again depending on your league formats but he's he's actually been pretty consistent the last two years uh chris you touched on you know his catch totals but seventh in targets this past year and 11th in reception so he's on that upper half of some good wide receiver stats i think he improves this year um even with aj green there maybe maybe aj green is healthy for a full season i mean we all want him to be maybe he be but i think in either scenario, I think the team and the offense and the offensive coordinator head coach, I think they trust Tyler Boyd and they trust giving him a good volume. And I'm hoping that him and Burrow link up pretty good. I, I personally, even with a healthy AJ Green, and this will be my own hot take, I personally wouldn't be surprised if Boyd out targets AJ Green, even if he is healthy. Maybe that's a hot take on my my part. But uh I'm not gonna put him as a top ten. I'd be comfortable bumping him up to like wide receiver fifteen though. Um especially if he doesn't have all the eyes on him with the healthy AJ Green. Uh I'd be comfortable saying that. I I don't think he regresses this year um at all, even with the question marks about a new and improve or doing just different offense. So uh again, I like Tyler Boyd. I actually try to get Tyler Boyd in as many leagues as I can. Uh, but I think top ten's a little too pushy for me. Yeah
1: in my uh i've told a lot of people this but uh you know because in if you look in uh, a lot of you know comments and such i have kind of like a roundabout idea of projections i don't want to be that guy who puts out 17 different projections a month I'd like to do just one in uh, august but i do as it stands right now i have burrow throwing about 420 or excuse me 525 times and to back up your claim, Nick, I firmly believe that Boyd gets more targets than A.J. Green. And it will be close. I'm, I'm thinking Boyd gets around 125 targets where A.J. gets only about 110. So that's, that's, not, that's very realistic. Anything else on this one, Steve,
0: are we, we good? No, I'm good. All right. So uh, the last two hot takes are both. Uh, quarterbacks and both involved two different quarterbacks finishing in the top one or top three. So I'm going to combine this for the, the sake of time here. I'll read off both out of respect to the people that posted them though. Um, and we can just, you know, sh- uh, straight fire both these quarterbacks. But uh, at FF underscore fire 911 said Kyler finishes as QB1. So BQB1. And the other take, so we can. We on a tangent on both of these, the other take is from uh, at a Mr. Holman. Um, he says Matthew Stafford. So, here's a Detroit uh, player for you here, Chris. Uh, Matthew Stafford, top three fantasy quarterbacks. So, you can talk as much as you want about both of these guys, more one than the other, whatever you guys want to do. But the, the hot takes here is uh, Tyler, UV1, so number one finish, and then Matt Stafford, top three. Um, you, you guys call out who, who uh, goes on this last here. Uh, oh, All right. Um,
2: I didn't know which way to
1: go. I'm yeah, doing
2: this is kind of a strange oh, question though, for me, though, because I love Kyler Murray and I kind of see him as a top three quarterback. But I also can see Matt Stafford finishing as a top three quarterback. So this is like it's kind of tough. They kind of coincide with each other. Yeah. If I want one more to be true than the other. I kind of hope Kyler finishes as QB1 because I'm extremely high on Kyler. I think his ability is MVP-esque. I don't think he's going to be the MVP, but I think he could be on the sheet, you know, the, the final five names when you're running for it. Um, big fan of Kyler Murray. But to beat out Patrick Mahomes and obviously what we could see what Lamar Jackson does, um, it's going to be tough. I think Kyler adds some yards on the ground uh, this year, which will help him get him closer to the category of Lamar Jackson. And I think he improves overall, his overall game. Um, but Matt Stafford okay. last year, I'll pay for 5,038 touchdowns in his first eight games before he goes down just 10 interceptions, uh, QB four at the time. I know he even had MVP talks. Uh, this is a tough one. Uh, if, if I'm going to go with like, I think between these two, I'm going to choose which hot take I think can be more true. And I think it's going to go with Kyler Murray, QB one, uh, the Mets Matt Stamper top three. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much more to say than that. I want Kyler Murray to be really good. And I think he's my number three quarterback. So he's pretty close already. So if anything happens to Mahomes or or uh or Lamar, if they just regress in any way, Kyler can step right in. Obviously it's a huge it would have to be a huge improvement in his game. Uh but I, I see that happening. So
0: I'll buy it. I uh quick read off two comments. Uh Bootleg fantasy Matthew Stafford is a fantasy stud, was near MVP race before injury last season. And uh P2W, uh, I'm not a big fan of this guy, but I'll read his comment. He says, Kyler is going to finish outside the top 10. So that is at Anthony P2W and it's not at P2W. So if you want to yell at somebody, that's uh, at Anthony
1: in front of that. But uh, Chris, your turn. Your turn. Yeah, uh, great question. And uh, you have Kyler Murray, the young kid whose ADP is like fifth round, fifty-six not we're not talking super flex we'll just do standard or full point ppr let's say super flex you know where you're going to get him he's going to be you know top 15 kind of guy but to answer the question is it uh kyler finishes the number one overall quarterback or stafford is a top three uh we know i'm from detroit it's in my damn handle for god's sakes at detroit beastie I've long said that if I were to get, not wild, but if I were to always argue Homer kind of picks where I'd rather have Matthew Stafford over Kyler Murray and run with it, I would lose all integrity, all respectability because I just look like a dope who only picks Lions just because that's the, the, the fan that I am. Now, both guys offer offer different things. And it depends on, on what you're looking for, right? Stafford's going to have more passing yards at the end of the season, but Kyler Murray's going to have more total touchdowns and Kyler Murray's going to have more rushing yards, but he's going to have more interceptions than Matthew Stafford. So it's kind of I uh, <clears throat> I don't want to say pick your poison, but it's, it's close enough to me where I then want to get into ADPs. Cause as we know, ADP, average draft position, where you get your value or, you know, all these buzzwords, value, upside, things of that nature. So if you look at it, like I said, Kyler's ADP is very high. He's being drafted as a top 10 quarterback, where Stafford, his ADP isn't until like the 11th, 12th round, right? So what do you want to do? Do you want to grab a stud quarterback in Kyler really early and build your lineup elsewhere or do you want to wait until after the 10th round and draft, draft Stafford as you've you know accumulated stud running backs, stud wide receiver. So it's all it like they say what's the saying? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Which one do you want to go here? But for the sake of the argument, I do believe that Kyler Murray hit the him being number 1 overall is more realistic than Stafford being a top 3 quarterback. But again, I'm a weirdo. I could argue both sides. I could see both cases coming true. Kyler, Kyler one, Stafford's three, and both hot takes come true. Nick, this is a tough question when you put these together, man.
0: Hey, hey, I'm I'm not going to take the credit. It was all, it was all the uh, Twitter community over there. But uh, it was, it, it was a good one in my opinion too. Um, especially with a lot of people being very high on Kyler Murray, especially after the Hopkins signing but also before it too i think everybody was very excited about him as a year and he performed very well as rookie year um matt stafford obviously you know played nine weeks of football this past year um he was qb6 during that time looking back since 2012 one two three three times he was qb7 um qb9 in the past so he's never he's never been like close to that Three mark. I mean, it's close if you're six, obviously, but he's, I mean, he's never really capped that uh, six, seven mark, but um, I think he's got probably the best set of weapons he maybe he's ever had. I don't know. I mean, you're not going to say Kenny Gallagher, Megatron, but you're also going to say, did, you know, Calvin Johnson have the supporting two good young running backs, uh, up and coming tight end, a Marvin Jones Jr. I, I don't know if you can say those things for the passing Matt Stafford. So, I think because of the weapons that he has going into this year. Um, And I think a lot of the game script is going to favor throwing the ball a lot. Uh, I think it's, I think he's closer to the three mark than Kyler is to the one for for me. I think Kyler is going to have another very good season. But when I'm looking at the names of Lamar, Dak, Mahomes, Russell Wilson, I mean, guys like that, I don't know if he's going to beat all those guys to be number one. I think what Stafford is probably missing is the, the rushing uh, ceiling that these other quarterbacks have. Lamar Jackson, Jack does too. Kyler Murray runs the ball as well. I think Matt Stafford kind of missing that. But with Kenny Galladay leading the league this past season in touchdown receptions, he, he has that feeling of a wide receiver to have. So the, the touchdown upside um, might be there. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, Stafford closer to three than Kyler is to one. Um, I think Stafford, the dark horse uh, going into 2020. That's uh, not enough, and that pains me to say as a Bears fan, but I think it's true. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll uh, we'll read this last comment here, and we to touched <laughs> them. Boy, uh, yeah, Donders FPT says Steve is cute. So I mean, here we are. I guess we're Chris. But all right, all right. Thanks, Donders. Um, any anything else with the two quarterbacks, guys?
2: Uh, I'll just say one thing about Kyler. <laughs> Five hundred and forty-four rushing yards in his rookie season. The upside is there, man. He can get every bit of 750, 800, I think if everything goes right, and rushing yards are unfair for quarterbacks in fantasy football, so I'll add that there. If he improves in the passing game and that offense gets better, and he he rushes the ball a lot more, uh, and he succeeds at it, uh, I I think QB one is is it's definitely it, it's in his like it, it's in his body of work. I think it
1: can happen. Chris, anything? Else? I'm with you and. Yeah, I was, I wanted to tell you, Nick, that I agree with you that uh, this might be the best supporting cast he's had in his whole, uh, in his entire, you know, length, tenure in Detroit, and that's saying something when you had Calvin and uh, Burleson, you know, and Golden Tate and things like that, but I think you're, I think you're right when you say that, and an uh, an unrelated, it has nothing to do with fantasy football, but as a lifelong Detroiter and Detroit Lions fan, uh, real quick, if I can have a couple minutes, I'm just so effing tired. Uh Every year it's the same thing. The Lions are going to do it. They got the best support cast they've ever had. You should see them in OTAs and blah, blah, blah. I, I just want them, I want to see them do it now before, you know, before we start talking so highly of Matthew Stafford and his big supporting cast. But here we are again in the beginning of July and I'm doing it all over again. I'm like a like a psychopath, you know TJ Hawkinson, the young You, don't gotta, you don't gotta tell the Bears man. TJ Hawkinson, the young stud. He's been lifting weights with George Kittle, Swift and everyone's writing off carry on, but why, you know? So uh, let's see what they do this season. That's all I exactly. really have to
2: say. I like that carry-on comment. That's true. I'm a huge Swift fan, so I... Why not the tandem, though?
0: Team carry-on. So, oh, oh yeah. So yes, oh, Here, Here's another... We're getting a lot of likes. It's not really me. It's more you guys, but DFS... Hey, someone say something nice about Nick. Come on. But Chris is dreamy, so I'm just waiting for one nice comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chris is dreamy. DFS dudes. And then Anthony from P2W team carry-on. Of course, he owns carry-on, so he's a big carry-on guy. Um, all right, uh... We're getting close to the hour mark here. Um, I actually thought it was uh, earlier than that, but uh, I want to thank both of you guys for coming on again. um, Chris, super active on on Twitter, interacts with everybody, no matter if they have two followers or or 2,000. DFS, sheet, big part of that. Uh, Always willing to work with people. does awesome content for Climb the Pocket. He even changed his Twitter handle to reflect that he's big big with those guys. Um, And he links up with, uh, you know, bootleg uh, fantasy every week, and they drop awesome videos that everybody should be watching. Um, But, again, uh, guys, I really appreciate you guys coming on the podcast on a Monday, um, especially since those Mondays kind of suck for people or they're very long. Um, I know for myself it was. uh, But uh, we'll start with Chris. Chris, where can the the Twitter world um, find you? And, uh, and the whole world. I love the whole world?
1: Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Detroit Beastie. Uh, you can find my content at uh, DFS Cheat Sheet with sports, with actual sports coming back, baseball, basketball, and hockey. Look for the DFS uh, content to be ramping up here real quick. And then a quick shout-out to Fantasy Football Price Check. Him and I are getting together this week. No rush, no deadlines. We're gonna to get together this week and do a collaboration of some ADP guys that are, you know, they're going really high, but guys I want to stay away from. So it's gonna go hand in hand. I don't don't draft these guys. And then price check is gonna do a little, a little price check, as I said, on each guy. Tell me if I'm crazy or if it's if it's if it checks out it's what he does fantasy football price check so uh look for that later in the week you guys i can't thank you enough you guys all love the the silly little graphic cards that i'm making so guess what i'm gonna keep doing it all right,
0: all right. Steve, steve where can uh the world find you man i, I know you guys are right there but I'm going to put this on the podcast, too, for those that make it past an hour here.
2: Yeah, I just noticed I forgot the at symbol, but find me on Twitter at Steve underscore CTP. And mostly over on YouTube, Climb the Pocket YouTube page. We're posting multiple videos every week. Me and Bootleg Fantasy, I'm sure you know him on Twitter if you're a fantasy football person. Uh, We're making fantasy football videos every single week, just trying to help you guys out, help you win your championships, help you be prepared for the draft. Um, So find me mostly on there. Go over to our website, ClimbThePocket.com. That's where you're going to find all my personal rankings. We update them every, you know, a couple of weeks or every week or so. Actually, pretty much however often I want them to. Uh you can find my personal rankings on mm-hmm. there. Um, and, yeah, definitely check me out. We really appreciate any support you sent my way. Nick, love coming on with you, man. You're the man. And uh, if I could drop a comment, I'd say you look great.
0: Oh, man, thanks. I mean, somebody had to say it at one point. Uh, but I appreciate it from you, Steve, you know, over other people. But uh, uh, at P2W Fantasy here, um, this will go – everywhere I can put it. So uh, it's already on Twitter live right now. I'm going to put it on YouTube. I'll put it on the podcast so you can definitely catch this if you missed it. Um, But I'm going to sign off here. And uh, thanks again, guys. Have a nice night. Bye. Bye.